Welcome back to Two Seats at the Bar, everybody. My name is Shale Sage. I'm here with my co-host, Debbie Davis. Hello, everybody. How's it going today, Debbie? Awesome. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Good. Doing good. Um, Today, we're sitting here in the studio with our uh, good friend, Thad Miller. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. So, uh, real quick, uh, Debbie, you just got back from vacation. We've been talking about this vacation. Will you kind of give us some some details here? Yeah. So, I spent the first and last night, I was gone for seven days. The first and last nights were in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which has become one of my favorite cities uh, because it's beautiful. Um, The brewery scene is beyond impressive. And they get stuff that, like, we don't get here, oddly enough. What is this? What? Like, yeah, like, (laughs) uh, I saw chocolate, like, clown shoes, chocolate sombrero in 12-ounce cans. What? I saw CBS Bombers. What? Like, it it was crazy. Albuquerque is, like, kind of like an untapped honey hole. But at the same time of it being really cool, it's also, like, really dirty and crime-ridden. So, like, all of the, fun. Bl- like, homes, <laughs> yeah, homes and stores have, like, bars on their windows, and there's, like, wild packs of dogs running everywhere, but you're still going to, like, speakeasies and mezcal bars, so. <laughs> I like this place already. I know. It's I, so, you're in, aren't I you, I feel like yeah. I need to go. <laughs> we just, you totally should go. Um, and so, then, uh, flew in and out of Albuquerque, that's why, because it's close to where my family lives, and I went up to Durango, Colorado, which is a city I've been wanting to get to for a minute, because... That's where Scott Brewing Company is at. It's sure. one of my favorite breweries. They make Scott Mexican Lager, which was released on my birthday, which is why mm-hmm. I went for my birthday as a birthday trip. And so I got to visit Scott Brewing, got to have that beer on tap, got to see it brewed, got a tour of the brew house and on like the catwalk because our boss, Rich Nunez, like hooked it up. Nice. And nice. ended up spending like four hours there. <laughs> like set my mom and my sister and my niece, like just you guys go take your nap. I'm just going to stay I'm good here. here and like day drink. <laughs> Come back. Come and pick me back up. And like at the brewery, they had a grapefruit lager called Ruby Soho. And as I was drinking it, Rancid's Ruby Soho came on. So it was like really pretty great beer experience. Nice. Um, and uh, like Durango has, I think, eight or nine other breweries. And I went to four other ones and all of them were great. Durango is a great place for food and drink. Nice. Went to a bar that had Fernet on tap there. <laughs> On tap. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm jealous. They had like so a, a cocktail that had a begonia ice cube. And now begonia ice cube. To like a flower, a begonia flower in the ice cube. And as it melted, like the evolutionary cocktails that we were talking about. Ah. Same sort of concept. Gotcha. It's really good. It was like a gin and elderflower liqueur mm-hmm. beverage. Um, so that was awesome. Then I went over to Trinidad and Trinidad, Colorado is a really small like border town. That's where my family lives and they don't have too much going on other than they have like 22 weed shops there. Okay. Which is a really strange <laughs> sort of environment to see. So this was used to be a coal mining town that, uh, you know, turned into a ghost town. And then with this new resurgence of the medicinal and recreational marijuana, like completely revived the town so that was kind of interesting to experience too it was great i got to go to the sand dunes and mesa verde like the cliff cliff dwellers state mm-hmm. parks or national parks i guess so overall it was like a really good combination of family time badass food and drink and neat stuff natural so how big is durango park Ten thousand people 
Oh wait, Durango is sixteen. Sixteen. So a little bit bigger. <clears throat> Man, that's so like the smaller than I thought. Craft beer scene. Who people that like here. live there? Oh, compared to here, it it is similar. Like it's like a, it's close knit. Everybody who works at all the breweries know each other. Yeah. Um, oh. each one's a little bit different. I'd say it's similar, but so it's a very touristy town. Okay. So there's two basically two main drags, and one of them is all of the big box shops. Um, with their grocery stores and CVSs or Walgreens or whatever, and then like rentals, so raft rentals, Jeep rentals, hiking Sh- tours, all the tour stuff, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. And then there's old, like uh, downtown, like old tiny Durango, which is where most of the breweries and shops are. And, and we mm-hmm. spent one day just like bouncing around in that area. And again, like Carver Brewing was down there, Animas Brewing, and Steamworks, and all of them had really great beer and food. I don't think you could go in Durango and have a bad meal from the experience. Yeah, Yeah, right? Yes. Sure. Also, Fernet on Tap. (laughs) Beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) So, overall, it was really great, and I highly recommend if anyone ever gets a chance to go to Albuquerque or Durango. Just do it. Good stuff. Put it on the list. Put it on the list. Southwest awesome. is great. Well, um, I'm glad that you had a great birthday, Thank Debbie. You. Thank you very much. Um, real quick, what, we're all drinking something different today. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll start. Um, I'm drinking uh, some Very Old Barton, which is a product that Thad carries. I do. I, I sold it and sell it. Yes. Yes, it's a beautiful whiskey, uh, hundred proof. Um, I don't know how old it is. I think it's like six years old. I'm drinking it out of this very tiny glass, which makes it look like I have a lot of whiskey. I was actually going to ask you, why don't <laughs> right. you tell us what you're drinking out of? <laughs> um, it's actually a an uh, an like a glass cocktail jigger. Yeah, I know what it is. So, <laughs> but other people can't see it. People, yeah, listeners can't see it's it. It's got like some sweet lions on there. It's from the Holland House. Where that is, I don't know. It's essentially a measuring cup that you're drinking out of. Yeah, but it's a cute little glass. Like it is adorable. It's like it's like very very cute for like shops <laughs> and stuff. So mm. just, I just like cool glassware. So yeah, I dig it. What about you, Debbie? What are you drinking on? I am drinking um, Wake Brewing's Weed Eater IPA that they released on 421 a couple days ago. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, is it, what, what is it like other than being very dank? Uh, I was going to say that it is very dank. You can't tell by the glass. <laughs> yeah. It looks like I'm drinking orange <laughs> juice right now. It does. Um, it smells like weed. It, it's so hoppy that we're borderlining into like a cheese exhale. Like it's oh. just that moistly dank. Yeah. Um, it's great. This is the first canned beer of theirs I've had. They have a hand canner there, so I don't think that as of right now that they'll ever have like cases on cases on cases because I think no. making a or canning a case of beer probably will take them like a half an hour to an hour. I can hear Jason and Justin um, talking about the new Sleep album just from that beer. Yeah, like, I, f- I feel the whispers. We so. talked about <laughs> yesterday, actually. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Thad, what about you? What are you? Yeah, what are you? So I was. I uh, played the high road today, right? I guess the good boy. So yeah. it's uh, it's uh, it's called original New York Seltzer. My wife actually sells it. So, so it's just carbonated water, but flavored carbonated water. So yeah. Okay. So, um, 
What? So is this just like the regular one? This this is a lemon, and they have, they have eight or nine flavors. Okay, gotcha. And they make a pop too, a bunch of different flavors of pop. So real quick, what does what does your wife do? What does Lindsay do? She's a area manager for original New York Seltzer, Iowa, Illinois, Missouri. Oh, just for just for the seltzer? Just for the seltzer water and the pop. Yep. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yep. I thought like you had like a whole like food. Nope, thing. it's just, uh, just you know there's eight or ten SKUs for each one of them. Yeah. That is interesting. I did not know that. So, do you guys just have one fridge that's filled with? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> I knew it. How many cases of seltzer water do you drink in one week? Then uh, again, I'm not going to answer that question. Is Lindsay's <laughs> the trunk of her car filled? <laughs> For her job, yes, the, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, so why don't you just like kind of give <coughs> us a quick little rundown on uh, w- what you do, uh, Thad, and, uh, and we'll jump right in. Fun. So currently, I work for a uh, liquor distribution or just dis- a distributor out of Chicago, Breakthrough mm-hmm. Beverage. So I'm two and a half years, almost three years now. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that's in sales. So it's a nice, nice uh, change, nice change of pace. Sure. Not your own boss, but still beholden to the man, kind of, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Before that, obviously, I, uh, you know, seven years at Hy-Vee okay. in Rock Island. Awesome. So that was, uh, learned a lot there. That was kind of what's made it the segue into the sales a little bit easier for me. Than I that. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so today we, we kind of planned on uh, talking about uh, just like the retail market in general sure. um, because of your experience not only working at, you know, a, a big retail store, but also s- now selling to yeah. retail stores. So um, why don't you give us just like a quick little, um, um, or, or not a quick, but when, when you are running a... a a liquor store or selling to a liquor store like what are some of the things that you're like constantly thinking about um you know whether it be you know th- a couple things that off the top of my head that i'd be thinking about would be like you know labor and uh, you know 100 plus case buys or, or whatever <laughs> right? sure. you know sure so, just so stuff you know like that. i guess uh, you know from the as a liquor manager or that from the retail side you're always looking you know at what can you do to make the most money, right? Isn't that everybody's everybody's goal, right? You're as sure. a bartender, as a bar owner, as a yeah. as a retail manager, as a whatever store owner. That's that's what you want to do. Uh, so, knowing trends, I guess, is important. What's hot? What's not? Dank IPAs are in right now, right? Three years ago, what was that? I didn't. Nobody knew what a dank. I you know I didn't know what a dank IPA was three years ago. Well, three years ago, <laughs> people were talking about Heady Topper and how we couldn't get it. Right. So, like, yeah. that's kind right. of the origin of this, at least. Sure. So, it's just, you know, trend. You know, I sell Tito's right now. Tito's is huge. It's, it's so it's, hot it's, so right it, now. it's everywhere. I sell Fireball. Fireball kind of had a falling off, but it's and has since had a resurgence. So. Was there something, just side uh, curiosity, <laughs> was there something that kind of took the place of Fireball? Or what did, sales-wise, take the place of Fireball? As far as you know, because it was hot, 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 but it has come. It's back come back. Again. Yep. It's uh, you know, it's, I don't know. Uh, it's it's meant for a shot occasion, right? That's that's the sole purpose of it. It's not. You can make drinks out of it, but it's not meant it's, for that. That's, that's not meant, what, what it's meant it was to be designed for. As right. a shot, all the time. And so I, you know, I, they changed the way they uh, package it. As as in, uh, you know, they focused more on uh, fifty mLs and hundred mLs. Mm. 
as yeah, you know, so that's where a lot of the growth is right now, and and that and the size of that kind of thing. So okay, okay. so people are buying it for, you know, uh, travel and 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 uh, what's the word? Uh, convenience, yeah. Convenience as opposed mm-hmm. to having keeping. Not a that I would ever, ever, sure. ever, you know, condone. Tra- traveling and, and drinking at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of like tailgating. <laughs> right, yeah. Actually, <laughs> or like you know, like, like air, how would I do that? Models, <laughs> right. You know, you know, yeah. I, I could totally see having fireball on a plane. Mm-hmm. You know, just a little, like a shot that people can do. Just mm-hmm. Little glug glug. You know. So I don't, I don't know if I answered the question then or not. It's it's you know, as a liquor manager, there's a lot of facets. Like you said, uh, labor. Labor is always important, right? Doing mm-hmm. buys. Well, buys are always important. You go at a lower price, so you can show value to the customer and beat the guy across the street mm-hmm. on yeah. the retails you know that's a, i had the fortune or misfortune of having somebody who was quite competitive across the street from me the last few years i was there so it was he kept me on my toes i kept him on his toes so we were sure. both going after a specific group of, of customers so it was so um when you were like uh, so so quickly fill us in on like what case buys are and like um like what the advantage of sure. those are as opposed to like uh, like like an Iowa, you can't really do that. Right? Yeah, know, like yeah. Well, and the Iowa Illinois thing, we can talk about that in a minute too. It's you know different states, different laws, but anybody can buy a, one case of brand X, and mm-hmm. it costs a hundred dollars. But a lot of times, brand X has deals. So if I buy three, it's ninety five dollars, and if I buy ten, it's ninety dollars, and if I buy fifty, it's eighty five dollars or something like that. So mm-hmm. you just you're essentially just lowering your cost. Mm-hmm. So as a manager, you can choose to uh, you know pass that savings on to the customer, or use it as a as a margin builder or, or to blend in with something else that you're maybe not make as much money on. Okay, it sounds very gotcha. complicated, but. And this is <laughs> the case for all spirits. May it be booze or wine or beer. You know. I, being in high V, you're all the man. All of us managers were pretty, you know, uh, we're allowed to kind of make our own decisions. So what works for Rock Island or Milan, not necessarily doesn't work for East Moline or Silvas or Silvas or Moline or sure. even across the river. You know, I guess a, I'll, I'll restate my okay, question: is that the opportunity exists for all of those? Students. Sure. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So Whether like, they decide to take advantage of that is that's that was yeah. That's what I was curious yeah. about is the, if that those things were to happen or if those deals were offered with all of most, them. Most, yeah, yeah. Most parks have some kind of, of, of volume deal. Yeah. Some don't. Just depends. But most, most do, yeah. I will say that when I, when I was a sales rep for Bent, the off-premise was my biggest learning curve. Right. So it's like real quick to define for people when you're um, selling – um, products on premise means to be consumed at a bar, and off premise means to be consumed, consumed off the off premise, the premise yep. where you purchase said booze. Yeah. And so I would, I'd like you know, sell to bars to buy our bottles or kegs to consume there, or cases of beer, which inevitably is always like the money maker that you want because sure. yeah. yeah. you're selling more at a time, and you, uh, you know, like you're reaching more people essentially. Yeah, if you yeah. think of mm-hmm. how the product is disseminated out, but both off and on are very they're codependent on on people on on products and, and some new item. Hey, Debbie, I have a brand new peach flavored vodka. You want to buy ten cases? Well, no, no, you don't want to buy ten cases. But the bar will buy one bottle, and the one bottle serves 
how many shots in a bottle? Twenty. Uh, there's uh, twenty five ounces in the seven fifty. Sure. So I just you know. So, you know, more you get more like you build you build the brand awareness and a brand you know loyalty through through the off on premise. Well, and it happens at mm-hmm. RAB often that people ask like, oh, where can I buy this at? Do you think Hy-Vee has right. it? Yeah. So there's been many times I'm like, absolutely, I know that they they sell sure, that there. Yeah, yeah. You should go. That's actually been a big question, <coughs> and this is uh, uh, pertaining to your company. Is, uh, is um, our cocktail of the month right now is uh, Italicus and Tonic, basically. Which you guys sell Italicus, and people have been asking me left and right, like, you know, like where can I buy this? Like, I'm looking for places. And I was like, well. I don't know if any of the high V's are carrying it right now because it's a new, it's a brand new brand spanking new product. Yeah. Like, came out like less than six months ago. I love it. But I was like, just I, you know, ask the managers, ask them if they'll special order it? for you. <laughs> See, I I don't. We have yeah. fifteen thousand items in yeah, our portfolio, yeah. you, so you I guess have a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a bergamot liqueur. Oh, okay. Right. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people have in- said that, uh, including Debbie, it's like an adult Seven Up. Grown up seven up. Grown up right seven on. up. That's what I call Bergamot, it. Bergamot, that's uh, an orange, right? Orange mm-hmm. if, flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so. love it. Yesterday um. I had it, side note, yesterday I had it with uh, gin replaced in a Negroni. Was it perfect? Fire. Fire. One of my faves. <laughs> Great cocktail. Good. Um, did you have the Negroni with, or you did have your Negroni with Campari. I'm proud of you, Debbie. I'm keep, I try. I'm trying for you, Cheryl. <laughs> Getting there, getting there. I drank like th- <laughs> three of them. <laughs> the, uh, I can't, how do I say that liqueur that I brought home with me? Mizzoti? Mizzoti, yeah. Mizzoti yeah. and ginger ale. had three of them yesterday. It's delicious. Ah, oh, yes. Living the bitter life. <laughs> Coming around. It's bittersweet. You're getting me. You're getting me. Yep. Anyways. That's all so, right. um, so let's, um, go into um packaging a, a little bit more sure. um because one thing so I, i've sat in into in a couple like um like tastings with with um uh we'll say like producers that okay. um are selling to like the high v people uh-huh. you know so like there'll be like a rep there yeah. and then the the dis- distributor rep uh-huh. and then there'll be like the high v managers right. and one thing that they always talk about is like uh, new packaging and you know how like you know like the the boxes make a great display and stuff like that sure so sure. kind of just like go into that and like how that affects how a product sells i think you would start this like label of a bottle start the basic mm-hmm. like with anything if you walk by the same label every day for a year you start start not seeing it sure so it's so it, to freshen, do a refresh on a label or refresh on a box, you know, the packaging or whatever. It just draws attention to a product that people may not be looking at as much anymore. It's just a, mm-hmm. like you build a display in a store or something. You, you move the end caps around every once in a while just to make it different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you go into Walmart, every Walmart or Target or, you know, they're always changing things up. So it's, uh, that's, there's a reason for that. You yeah. Know, just well, same yeah, holds yeah. true for, for wine spirits. Freshness. You know, refreshing something can definitely right. like make it taste. And a lot of times, the label or, or box is just plain ugly, so they just took them a long time to figure it out, and, and they just something they had to do. You know. Yeah, that's one thing that I've kind of noticed, like um, uh, particularly with uh, 
bottle design for like a lot of spirits like um you know like we could just look at like very old barton yeah for for example like it's like the label isn't the greatest you know like it's it's pretty old school like it looks right. like a yeah, straight exactly, out of the yeah. 80s right. mm-hmm. which uh, is why i kind of like it <laughs> yeah i i like it but the bottle design is pretty sexy like it's got like this like nice like kind of like um I don't know, like uh, a rounded bell-like bottom, and then it's got like this nice little long. It's got like this nice long neck to pour out of. It's got good curves. You know? Yeah, it's there it's go. got good curves. <laughs> um, one thing that I've always found is that like the the true test of like uh, like a spirit and like what like when a spirit has like kind of made it is when they get their own bottle design. Mm. Right. You know. Oh yeah. Like it's like it's like you look at a Hendrix bottle and it's like. Okay, that's, that's Hendrix. Hendrix. Yeah. You know, you look at Very Old Barton and it's Great like, bottle. that's Very Old Barton. Barton. You get at uh, Disarono. It's like, oh, that's a Disarono bottle. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have like some more like generic bottles, you know, they, they're not as, they just, they do just kind of like blend in a yep, little bit more. For sure. About a, mm, maybe two years ago, I went to a, a, a MRDC dinner. And it was when they were kind of rolling in the that new bottle new style. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yep, and that was I think part of the reason why they had the dinner was to introduce people to this mm-hmm. new bottle design. They're like, oh, we'll still use the specialty skinny bottles, which I still think are sexy. I love their specialty release the, the, bottles. The pint, the uh, su- the other three seven fives. That's all they are. The p- I can't think what they are, but they're they're the super skinny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three seventy five. Yeah, the three. Are they three seventy five? Yep. And um. And they're like, we're still going to do those for our specialty releases and certain things will have their own bottles, but we're switching over from what we were using because uh, our stuff doesn't fit. It doesn't fit on the shelf. It doesn't, right. it's like yeah. wobbly and um, it's cumbersome for bartenders to use. And, and so MRDC had this really interesting bottle, but they pair, like kind of toned it down mm-hmm. because they realized that it wasn't, um, useful in the industry, so I yeah. think that 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 was like thoughtful, I guess, yeah. for them you as could, a company to you do could that. Argue other side of that as as a as a producer, maybe you want a bottle that's wider than everything else because they're going to take up more space on the shelf. So if yeah. you have one or two or three different items in the same bottle, you've now created like a billboard yeah. of your items. So you've you've taken up six spots, so really only need only only three. Kind yeah. Of thing, so. The shelf space. It's a big pain in the butt as a as a retailer when those bottles come. I'm like, how am I gonna fit this on it? Yeah. So it's (laughs) one thing that I've always thought is that like they should have like two skews. They should have like a bar skew, an on premise and an off premise skew because like you know, uh, I know a lot of places like you know, or a lot of uh, producers like don't want to like have their stuff in the well air quotes, you know, because they're they don't want to be associated with being a well product but like in the as somebody who really enjoys cocktails and making cocktails it makes a lot of sense to um have the bottles that you're using for your cocktails in In the the well um even though you're not getting the uh the shelf display like like i would not have put the cody road rye in on a cocktail menu because of that bottle design because of the original bottles and because it's like it's a giant pain in the ass it's a giant pain in the ass this is not going to fit my well right um i i can't use it um but with their new design i would totally put that on a menu and um 
you know, put that in my in my speed well so that I could make those cocktails. Right. Fast it's all about back bar for the. I mean, for the yeah. on premise stuff. You know, yeah. they well, want back bar presence. That's just. Yeah. Well, and, that's and a driver plus, for like, them. If, if you're for, gonna put or, it in the for a salesman that sells on premise, you, know, you want. I want this yeah. product to be in in sure. position A. Right. All the time. I gotcha. <laughs> right there, and I will say we're we're a little bit different than a lot of bars at RAB because we have limited spirits. And but sure, they're also yeah. really nice. So when I talk to people about what's on our well, I'm like, uh, what's your well vodka? And I tell them it's Tito's. Almost always people are like impressed by that. Yeah. So even if they can't see it, just the word of mouth that that's happening. Sure. Well, mm-hmm. that, that says a lot, I think. I mean, I'm not tooting anybody's, but this is the quality of the establishment that REB is. Yeah. You know, it's, anybody can throw a $6 bottle of liter of vodka into the well and call it good, call it a day, you know, but... Tito's or something like that. That's certainly. Yeah. Anyway, there's my it, plug. It certainly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Radical Fact Brooks, 1341, uh, 31st Street, Rock Island. <laughs> you know, that like, you know, it, another thing is uh, with the uh, on premise is that like if I can get that bottle on the well, then I can put it on a menu and then you'll get the menu that, you know, you may not get that back bar, but you get the men, you'll get the sure. menu placement. Sure. Which is it's big. Yep, yep, yep. You're right, you're right. So what are uh what are some of your favorite bottles, Debbie? Bottle like design? Yeah. Or <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like like when you when you're like I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I'll like pick up a bottle to pour out of it, I'm like, Oh man, that's really nice to pour out of. That's hot. Um well there you're talking about functionality. Yeah, I'm talking about functionality. Okay. Um, I will not say Crown Royal <laughs> or <No>. Patron. <laughs> um, why can't they just have normal pour spouts? Why? <laughs> why? Uh, honestly, like I'm fine with the the classic style. The, the always the difference is like if I if there's a jig or if there's a pour on it or if I'm opening and pouring it out of you know. Sure. So funky glass sometimes with like the vob can be weird with the pour if you don't have a spout on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've actually never... I, I'm thinking more of the bottles that I hate more than the bottles that I love. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of like Willet Pot still as like the worst That's bottle awful. to pour out of. That's a great bottle, but I don't to pour out of it, I can't imagine. It's just so a so pain. Like, I, I love Don Julio 1942. That bottle is sexy <laughs> as hell. You can see it across any room. And know exactly pouring, what it is. Pouring out of it is so cumbersome. It does. It does suck. It does suck. But while we're talking about non-functionality, but sexually, <laughs> or, uh, that came out when yeah. I don't know how to like one word describe, but like the sexiest bottle I would say, or one of the sexiest bottles is uh, the Coralé House, the tequila, the blue tequila bottle. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, that blue, yeah. It's beautiful, um, and it's not cumbersome to pour out of. No, no, not at all. Um, shape wise, but. That's a sexy bottle. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? My favorite bottles to pour out of are probably going to be just your square bottles. You know, uh, <laughs> Omega Altos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
as Debbie points to it. Uh, Giant. You know, Jim Beam, Jack Daniels are, you know, both pour very easily um, out of a pour spout. It's easy to just whip them up, get a good pour out of them, and then put them down. Um, I can say that about, like, the classic round bottles, too, like J-Mo. Yeah. Even the Tito's bottle. Smooth. Um, Bacardi, I think, has a great bottle design uh, as well. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm more of a, a function over form kind of guy when it comes to having them behind the bar. Sure. You know, I want them to be. To be I, I want them to be functional. I, I want them to to. I want to be able to whip out whatever cocktail or pour whatever I need to really quickly, and that's that's important. So. I think when I really think about ultimately, I want equal distribution of weight. And so when you have like the 1942, it's really tall and bottom heavy yep, yeah. in a mm-hmm. sense. That's not equal distribution of weight. Same with the Disarono bottle, the Crown bottle, the, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's more square or cylindrical or what have you. I just want e- equal distribution of weight from glass and liquid that yeah. makes it a much more smooth pour. That is why I wish they had two skews. you know. So like you can, ha- you can get your sexy ass bottle of Don Julio 1942 but I could also have one that I could pour out shots of very easily. Quick, 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 quick. Yeah. Yeah. Booze industry, take note. Right. They're not going to. Easier to pour out of bottles. It's not going to happen. No. Never. As we like get bottles that are like in wooden boxes. Right. We just got 1146 back in. It's like those wooden boxes that you have to slide up and pull. Like packaging is so huge. They're not going to give us two skews. In fact, uh, I see uh, (laughs) some scotches. Uh, that like literally they just come in a cylindrical tin that I think the whole purpose of the tin is to just make it bigger on the shelf. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I'm just like, oh, yeah. man. What but, are some of your favorite bottles, Oh, then? I don't know. Jeez. They're all heavy. What are you carrying them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I like the redesign of the, well- the new Wellers, honestly. It's kind of like the I VOB, yeah, I do but too. a little bit skinnier, the next a little bit longer. I just, it was a nice upgrade for him, I it, thought. It is more evenly distributed. Yeah. You know. Yep, yep. I agree. That was a, that was a nice change that they, they went mm-hmm. from the old the old bottle to the new bottle, so for sure. So let's, uh, let's switch gears here uh, real quick. Um, so that, um, you know, so you're, you're selling all the booze, you're getting all this stuff you know uh kind of firsthand um what kind of stuff are you seeing like starting to pick up for the summer months and spring months are you starting to sell are you starting to sell a lot more vodka or gin or you know anything in particular that's yeah you know vodka sells year-round i just it it is what it is and i you'll see a bit of a tick now as you know weather's finally turned for us you know but you know finally right you know beer I sell a lot of craft beer now, it's which is good, and I think hopefully mm-hmm. that trend is going to keep going. You know, just as industry as a whole, but you just me personally or for the stores I call on. You know, so. you, guys, you guys just picked up uh, dogfish dog fish head. head? Yeah. Dogfish head, huge, huge for that us. That sequence is going to be on dude. a hot summer day and a nice yeah. cold. Yeah, oh, tell man. you what, man, I'm that's so, a great beer. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's like not only the best introductory sour probably out there, but also just like the most crushable sour right, out yeah. there. I don't know. I'd make some arguments with a couple of tall grass products, but you're not wrong as far yeah. as accessibility goes. Yeah. It's, I, I was really skeptical because it was like, 
three types of lime, sea salt, and something else. And then I tasted it. I was like, oh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The I fact that, that I learned, sold. like, what a black lime was just from this, that, like, can of yeah. beer. I'm like, you're amazing. That exists? I don't even know what that is. So. You're delicious, <laughs> and you're teaching me things. Yes. We yes, picked up you, 18th Street Baker. Brewery, too, out of... Um, yeah, oh. that just started. Yeah. That stuff just started coming out. Yeah. Stoked uh, to see them here, too. That For oh sure. so pretty Saison mm-hmm. is probably the, my, the, the best Saison I've tasted in the past two years. Yeah, the, the Sex and Candy. That's the Sex one that's candy. just yeah. flying. flying off yeah. Shelves. Yeah, and crazy. I and like it is a great beer. I wouldn't necessarily say that it like wows me in any way, right. shape, or form, but the name and the label, label on it. On like can. If, if we're going back well, to that, marketing. Yeah, right, right, back sure. to marketing too. Like <laughs> it, the, the name of things. Right. You know, like um Somebody oh, Allison, uh Rebellion Rebellion's brewer, she was like, Naming beers is so hard. It is. And I think that it just goes to show you the importance of it. Yeah. I think I they mean, just put a thousand words into a hat and they just draw two out and blank and blank. <laughs> All right. There it is. Oh, so pretty. <laughs> Sex go. and candy. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, you, you think about, you know, names that are going to stick in people's minds and that's that's really the the tough part, right? Sure. Because, oh, yeah. you know, you don't want to sell somebody one six pack. You want to sell somebody, you know, one six pack every two or three weeks right. Or, right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You want to create those go-to beers. I mean, that that's, that's why, and that, you know, well, as a, from a retail standpoint, so that a major, major issue and, and even for, for bars, I, I would assume as well, that it's hard to build that loyalty f- with a craft sure. beer drinker. Right. I mean, cause mm-hmm. it's in the store that I managed, I had 44, foot cooler and there was 400 beers in there and, and some people and there's people will still come in oh you don't have this i'm like really I mean, or it's like wh- whether i have 400 great beers in here i promise and just when they were just leave because i didn't have you know brand a yeah one wh- specific thing yeah. so it as that that customer loyalty so you i guess you're always working towards that next what's the next big thing that mm-hmm. i'm gonna sell a whole bunch of for a month and then i'll find the next one and i'll yeah. find the next one and but also on the same note, I almost feel like those are maybe like the least important drinkers because like I feel like the people who are going to be coming to your store asking for that, if you don't have it, you know, they're probably just going to move on to the next store. True. Whereas yeah. like your your neighborhood folks, people that, you know, are there on a weekly basis and and are the ones. Equally as important, right? Yeah, for sure. It's or just, even more so because yeah. they're the ones who are buying, you know, a six pack from you every right. single week. Well, you don't ever want to lose a sale. So even that yeah, guy that walked out today, to. yeah. hopefully I'll get him back next week because I'll have this for him. You know, sure. I mean, uh, you, you still got to stay right. up to date. I mean, there, there's no question as far as that goes. But. And it's a pain. You yeah. will try and, well, whale hunting you know i mean they all we all know that happens you know just trying to pacify everyone it's a a balancing act yeah Yeah, and i i I think that that uh there are definitely two two or three types of well millions of types of customers but sure and the specifically craft Craft, beer mm -hmm. those guys that are whale chasers and then there are people like i guess i'll use myself as an example as like when i go to rock island high v um, or anywhere that I go and buy craft beer, I look at every single thing available, and then I pick and choose, depending upon a million things, whether I've had sure. something or whether I love this brewery and it's a new offering, you know, mm-hmm. more of like, I guess, a, a well-rounded visit mm-hmm. versus Which is like kind specific of for one thing. Kind of people, you know, 
Hy-Vee's want, you know, oh, somebody's going to come in and try something new every time. Mm-hmm. Or I've, grab a six-pack of the new one and, oh, yeah, my love over here and grab that six-pack too and then I, go home. Yeah. And, you know, That's me. That's right. me. Is like I lo- absolutely, I have like 17 go-tos and then I'm going to buy right. a thing that I've never had before. Sure. Yeah. So, um... Oh man, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, I, I know what I wanted to ask you. Okay. Um, so what is so when you're selling to um, on premise versus off premise? Uh, like, what are like kind of like the what do you kind of like struggle with more, or like what are like some of the differences that you're you're going into when you're selling to a bar as opposed to uh, a retail establishment? Sure. So I have uh, very limited experience on on premise i have the market cafes that's all i call on so okay very small right. very limited very experience small. i have some gotcha. but you know it's just not not i don't call on radical effect you know that's this sure. diff- different uh you know different route yeah <clears throat> it's just yeah i might get it maybe i'll get this wrong i don't know, but I just it's a volume thing mm-hmm. you know when i go into a box store high v or an oscar or something i'm selling quantity yeah you know like okay so building billing off building off of those case buys like we talked about and you know talking to the cust you know the the, the owner or the, the manager or whatever and mm-hmm. hey we could do this so we could do that you can run at this and could run at that price and you know let's put a display here and let's do that and i can get this pos piece in and mm-hmm. a lot of extra stuff that goes around with it and on you know, the bars it's a different kind of extra we'll get some posters and maybe we'll do a tasting and hey let's put it on a special on a tuesday night and you know i guess that is that i guess that's how it works and i sure just a I'm going to sell you a radical bottles of something mm-hmm. of Tito's and I'm going to sell cases and cases of Tito's to, a, to Ivy. Or sure, so, or so it's right. mainly volume and more right. like, yeah, more just like case deals instead right. of like, you know, if I felt with like on premise, you're looking more for like, um, you know, getting whatever on like a happy hour menu, or right? Getting right. it on, um, you know, a daily yeah, special. Put them on your board. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of be on your board this week, or hey, what can we do to sure a Tito's mule on on special for the next month or something or whatever like that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, different pressures, but still, you know, it's a uh, different things to look at. Try to grow your business, mm-hmm. just like a bartender would or our owner would, partner would. Absolutely. Um, it's definitely a different sales approach. Right, sure. Well, for sure. You know, I've, my my wife used to call on Radical, and she worked for the Budweiser distributor in town here. And it was, I was, I we'd meet up there on on what it was Wednesdays, I think it was. And it was Wednesdays. Yeah. So we'd have, you know, I'd my around five o'clock we would meet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have a we would I have a beer while she you know did her last call, and that was her sales pitch was a lot different than what I would pitch to you know. It was, it was interesting watching, comparing the two. You know, she did a great job, so it was, you know, it's sure it's fun to watch that. You know, it is very different, and I think yeah, what your like motivations as far as sales go right. changes dependent upon on or off. <clears throat> yep. That's why I kind of wanted to make the distinction earlier on in the in the podcast is um, they're two very different realms, but you're still in a sense kind of doing the same job, yep. just trying to figure out what your customer <clears throat> I think needs. The only, the only it's probably the, the only f- one of the few factors that really the same, and it's they're different. They're different. 
if you call on bars all day long, you call on, say you call on 20 bars, you call on 20 different personalities, mm, whether it be okay. an owner or a bartender yeah. or whatever. Sure. And so it's the same, you know, mm-hmm. calling on, on, on premise, off premise, it's the same way you have, I have, you know, I had eight stops today, whatever it is. And so eight very different personalities mm-hmm. that are, that have my future in their hands. Cause I, you know, I, yeah. I used to be guys, guy that said no. Now I'm the one that gets told no. no. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, at the end of the day, like bartending, uh, distributing, retail, uh, it is all sales. For sure. And, and relas- um, I mean, you, you sound and, corny, and but it's relationships too, you know? Absolutely. It's, if you just don't click with a certain person, then that's just going to be that. It's going to be a struggle. You yeah. know, it's just going to be your dreaded stuff. We all have, the day. it's all, all, yeah, we all have them, you know, or it's like a customer that comes to, in the bar. Yeah. You probably have, you know, I, same, same goes. Yeah. It's. Mm-hmm. Or there were when you're like, as a beer sales rep, there were certain accounts that were just slam dunks. Right. And then exactly. there were certain accounts that were. It's going to be a just monumental like struggle. Just like chasing every, a carrot. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Just carry my product on a fishing Please. line, like yeah. I've never done that yet, <laughs> but it's it's on the it's on it's right there. And, and <laughs> you do it long enough, I bet you. you <laughs> Probably true, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. There's tricks to trade, right? There really is. All right, well, we are. Uh, I think we're winding down here. It's about done here. Um, thank you for coming on the show, hanging out with us. Got? How much time we have left? Uh, I mean, we can go as long as you want, but oh. usually we're... We actually have another hour. Oh. <laughs> okay. Winding down means we're uh, <laughs> going down the last hour, Ben. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> That's how it was with Justin and Jason Paris. Oh, they just right. didn't stop. Yeah, no, no. All right. So let me do. pose a question. Okay. To sure. Guys, oh. Right? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to turn it around. <laughs> yeah. And this is actually, this is not, no, it's this. So there's always talk about like, uh, so I'm going to talk about off-premise. It's always talk about, oh, we can't wait for a big independent to come to town oh yeah so yeah. having worked for hy V, you don't want i'd never wanted that to happen working for a distributor now i certainly it would add a different level of of, of competitiveness to the market and so i just what are your thoughts on that oh because so we should, don't have one first here off, should we explain what that means so independent so it'd be like yeah i'm sorry i'm uh, be like uh no, hy V is a corporate company and they have mm-hmm. stores all over the place and independent would be a store like Hy-Vee, but owned by a couple guys or a couple girls, sure, and or, running it themselves. Or, I mean, not, it could just be <clears throat> like um, it could be guys and like girls too. Yeah, that's owned, right. You know, like trying to be like PC a, there. Sorry, <laughs> got Fryer Tucks, a Fryer Tux or, or, like or Binnies, okay, stuff yeah, like I was, that. Yeah, I was yeah. waiting for a name to be sure, right? Or uh, there's another one down in uh, down in Peoria. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but yeah. there's another chain down there. And, so yeah. Basically is something there? that is not attached yeah, to, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a, a corporate uh, grocery store. Right, yeah. So, it, so where you don't... Where you, you walk in and it's just booze. It's just booze, yeah. So yeah. you created like a destination. So, I don't you know, is this market ready? Everybody says the market's ready. Is it ready? Is it not ready? It's a million-dollar question of, you know, the, the off-premise people that... Uh, because it would it would affect change in in the in the way things are done in the in this area. For yeah, sure. there's no doubt about that. I think the Quad Cities is 100% ready for a mid-size independent mm-hmm. retailer. Yeah. I don't know if we could support something as big as a Binnie's. I mean, maybe 
we could because maybe we could draw people from like Iowa City or sure. wherever down yeah. down here. But I think you know it'd be tough. I think a Friar Tux, which is more, you know, it, it's like a big Hy-Vee wine and spirits. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been, you know, as yeah. opposed to Benny's being mm-hmm. like a wine and spirits warehouse. Right. You know, I could definitely see something more along that size working. Um, I would, you know, I know that I would shop there. Um, I would, would you make the drive? There. Would you yeah. go to your local Hy-Vee or whatever, Osco, and then not buy booze there and then drive? That's a million-dollar question. Yeah. I no. Honestly, would, I, have, would, I have... Would you go? I mean, that's... Th- I would. I have actually <laughs> not um, shopped at Hy-Vee for anything other than booze for over a month now. I dropped Hy-Vee. Ooh. Oh. As a whole... Um, so I have not bought any food at Hy-Vee for wow. a long time. Careful what you say. I mean, it's, you <laughs> know, come for you, man. everybody who, uh, who I, everybody who I know that works for Hy-Vee knows this. And, you know, cause we have a lot of regulars that sure. come into REV sure, yeah. that work at Hy-Vee and I've explained to them why and they're, you know, we understand, we get it. Um, you know, I've saved a ton of, a ton of money. <laughs> I feel like I get better quality food, you know, so, you know. Hy-Vee having no competition in the Quad Cities, you know, relatively, you know, really, I think you can go mostly without it. It, Strong word, so. It's definitely convenient. For sure. sure. But, you know, I found through going to two or three places instead of one, I can save a lot of money. And I, you know, just enjoy the relationships a lot more. Like, I've started buying all my meat at a local meat market. Um. I save money, I get better quality meat, and they know who I am when I walk in there. Right. So yeah. the same hold true for an independent liquor store then? Would that yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like if an independent liquor store came in, I feel like they would maybe be um, less beholden to you know the corporate, yeah, corporate entities, mm-hmm. and uh, possibly be able to, you know, do some fun different. Uh, things like you know, just like you know carrying different products uh, you know for example right yeah you know like it's hard for hy-vee to yeah I, I bet uh buy a product that they know it may sit on the shelf for two months nobody wants that to happen right but it may take those two months to right. get it into people's heads yeah. and um it's still the best place to shop here yeah yeah absolutely I mean, there, there's really no hands down to, play there for, hi- for to buy booze. selection of yeah you know yeah. unfortunately I think the Quad Cities. Fortunately, well, <laughs> well, unfortunately, also because then you'd have another, you'd have another place buying booze. Right. From yeah. You, yeah. So. Yeah. The pie is only so big. I mean, in the Illinois Quad Cities, you know, the yeah. spend total spend per month or per year for liquor is only so much, and it's yeah. But if, if you, it was one on the comes Illinois in, side, it, it's going to get people from Iowa yeah, coming over yeah. to Illinois. That happens now. It, it does, but it, I think it would happen even more so if there was an yeah. independent retailer. Right. Just, I was just curious. I, 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 so I always thought it would be, you know, that would be a, an interesting piece of, of the of It would the definitely business. drum up some drama in yes, the Quad would. Cities. Yeah, for sure. Well, and Who's I think leaving that, the high vita to go <laughs> yeah. work at the new independent right, right, retailer? Yeah. <laughs> but I also think that there would be some people that would be super hard on the independent retailer too probably they would expect them to carry every single thing that 
like they've been dying to have access to. Right. So they would have uh, like uh, unwarranted or unprecedented um, uh, expectations of what the store so is would going be, yeah. to provide to them. When I think that might it, it, like actually would be kind of a poor man's version of that store it, that takes place in a bigger area. Right. Yeah. So. I don't know if it means that we perhaps could be an attraction to things that are not already distroed here. That would be really fun. Sure. But if it just means it would be another retailer that would be providing the same products that we can get now at the same price or maybe slightly less. Like, why do we need that here? Right. I guess. Well, the thing I would argue about that is that uh, competition is good. And I know, like, the high V's all compete against each other. Oh, definitely. But it's they're still all one company yeah but they 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 all have bragging rights yeah i I was i I, I won last week that you know i I got to say that quite a lot and quite a few times i didn't get to say it but you know it was sure you're always striving striving for absolutely to beat out so-and-so store but i mean uh as far as like competition and just like people bringing in new ideas i think that always helps sure. out yeah. you know whether it be just <coughs> maybe maybe this independent store throws some cool events or like does cool tastings mm-hmm. or you know um you know maybe marks up their product differently as far as like yeah. sales and whatnot sure, yeah. well it doesn't fryer tucks in peoria sell brew equipment yes so that would be kind of nice and curious of like what the future of you brew is because i've heard like maybe the owner is going to move or mm-hmm. um and whatever is going to happen to camp mcclellan down the line like it might be nice they might that that might be an additional offering is is a uh, like wine sure. and they had also cheese making um ma- like materials there the last time i was there too so they could offer something in addition to sure yeah I looked into that once when I was at High V actually to brewing equipment, you know, small scale, you know, just, but it was uh, competitively, it was, you Tough got it online, on. you know, yeah. way cheaper, and, sure. you know, it's just that you couldn't buy enough of these bottles or this, these hops or. To make it worth it. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Just in thinking of like what what the bigger stores have offered as far as like something different goes. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, another thing, and I'm. Hy-Vee certainly has some very knowledgeable knowledgeable people, but um, an independent retailer may be able to um, bring in and possibly pay people better and educate them more than what Hy-Vee is is able and willing to do. Mm. You know, so you may get a better customer service experience from that standpoint as well. I'm not saying that that's going to be true i'm just saying that it could, could be, be true, true. Yeah. right uh, yeah, this is you know like the, the few times that i've been to fryer tucks you know just you know talking uh whiskey or rum with people it's like you know they, they you know they they know what they're talking about and i could tell that they knew what they were talking right, about yeah. and some of the hyvees i've gotten that but not all of them sure it's tough you know it's, it, it is i mean you have you or any retail you have to kind of have to be a jack of all trades right. you can't you can't focus purely on one product because you have to know, you know, your Italian reds and your French reds. Sure. And then you also have to know the, uh, you know, 60 types of vodka that you carry. <laughs> yeah. um, and why don't you have the new flavor that's coming out? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you have chocolate cake vodka? Why do you not have Fruit Loop vodka? Yeah. Honestly, why existed. don't? 
at one time. So. I know, like honestly, but why don't you have it? Because I miss those <laughs> breakfast cereal shots. <laughs> Sorry, that's a West. I do know. Right. That's a West. <laughs> have you ever had a rum chata Fruit Loop vodka? Shot? I could literally just throw Fruit Loops into a bottle of vodka. And then just drink that. We'll talk about this as later. opposed to. <laughs> <Yeah>. just, just <laughs> I don't need to buy any special vodka for that. I'm vodka just saying a for, a ho- cereal. for a minute, cereal milk shots were all the rage, and I was about it at every turn. Oh yeah, I love cereal milk. Actually, I just uh, on Chef's Table. I don't know. Have you watched that documentary? No. Have you watched that documentary? No, you told me to. I haven't. Yet. Okay, Sorry. so a uh, quick uh, so Chef's Table. They profile different chefs. Okay. Um, Across the world, um, these are typically so like Netflix. Your, your t- yeah, it's okay. on Netflix. It's like your it's Maybe pretty so. much all of them have like Michelin stars, so they're right. You yeah. know, so yeah. they're all very highly regarded chefs. Um, this one, uh, they just the whole new <laughs> season was on pastry chefs, and uh, this one girl she created this um, uh, that uh, pancetta with uh, cereal milk. And so, and then she went on to create her own uh, dessert bar. It was called like Milk Bar, something like that. And so, like they had a bunch of like different like cereal soaked milks and desserts (laughs) available. I don't know how I feel about the term (laughs) Milk Bar. I think it's great. (laughs) I think it sounds like my tummy hurts. Well, are you maybe slightly lactose intolerant? I don't love cereal, and I don't. I'm uh, not a big see, milk I'm a, person. I'm a big cereal person. No, I feel like cereal is kind cereal. of a waste of it at I, all. But cinnamon toast crunch, my favorite. So what my daughter eats right now. <laughs> great. <laughs> and how old your daughter? Has great She's taste, four. Dad. <laughs> great taste. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> all right. Well. On that note. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right on. Oh, but really, just quick, like before we end. <laughs> okay. Last weekend, I think baked. On tap had a cereal bar for their brunch. Hmm. Bar lined with like 27 kinds of cereal. So if you're really into it, it's a thing. I mean, I was really hoping to get like some cereal soaked milk. Well, this right. isn't a milk bar. <laughs> it's a cereal bar. Like I can I can do that myself. I hate <laughs> it. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <but laughs> we should go. <laughs> Want a gallon of cinnamon toast crunch soaked milk. milk? No. Yeah. Rose. So good. Talk to Roger. Right. Well, um, next week we have uh, Team Crawford on the show. We have, we'll have uh, Marshall Dismer and Scott Shar will be returning. Very cool. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Someone cool. was just asking me if Scott was going to come back pretty soon. Yep. So they will be here next week. Um, Hoping that we'll have What's a beer to bring. ETA on the the brewery. I think they're hoping like um, two weeks, I three ha- weeks. I have that actually. I just asked somebody. That's over in Bettendorf. Yes, on yeah. Devil's, Glen. Devil's Glen. Also, side note: if you've been hearing cars cars go by, it's because uh, we've got the windows open tonight. We've got the windows. Because it's so <laughs> fucking beautiful out. Finally. <laughs> uh, May 10th is the tentative. Tentative. Nice. That'll okay, be, so that'll be like a, a week and a half with. before they open. So hope I, th- I think he'll have a Thursday? beer ready. I'm hoping that we can get do a tasting here. We'll see. Actually, I can't imagine it. 
you know, Scott. We can ask him. Awful beers. It's you know. That's a Thursday. <laughs> May tenth. Kidding, of course. Man, I'm probably working that Thursday night. Damn it. But that means Brock's not working that night. So. Do you open or close this Thursday? I open. You open on the tenth. Ah, oh, yes. Two seats at the bar. Yeah, we could do that. All right, we could do that. All right. Well, uh, that wraps up our show. Uh, thank you again. Hey. Thanks, Dad. You were Thanks. great. Thanks for having me. See, you see how you shouldn't have been nervous. I was. Well, I was. I was a ball of nerves driving over here. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a radio voice. You have yeah, a, you do. You have do a I? face for radio. <laughs> I mean, voice. <clears throat> well, I'm Shale Sage. I'm Debbie Davis. This is. Two, Two seats, seats at, at the, the bar. bar.